New Thought Media Network presents Pastor Michael Mangus with Friday's Fireside Chat, spiritual conversation for today. Here he is from the secret radio room, surrounded by thousands of watts, Pastor Michael Mangus. Well, good evening, one and all. From well, across the United States and also around the world, it is time once again for another fun-filled, thrill-packed, and sometimes controversial edition of the Fireside Chat here on the New Thought Media Network. I am Pastor Michael Mangas, broadcasting from the secret radio room in the secure concrete bunker. Somewhere here in Akron, Ohio. It's really nice to have you with us this evening. We have a wonderful show for you tonight. Please feel free to interact with us. Again, like I said a few weeks ago, this is a two-way conversation here. So you can go ahead and put something in the chat. Or if you'd like to just send me an email during the week, the email address is pastormichaelmangus at gmail.com. pastormichaelmangus at gmail.com. The purpose of our fireside chat is to talk about contemporary issues from a new thought perspective. And as I keep saying, and will keep saying, I want us all to have a new thought about what is going on around us, not only here in this country, but also globally. As I do that, you know that I'm about to read the email that I get weekly from the legal department of the New Thought Media Network that tells me to read this. The views and opinions expressed here by the host and his guest are their own. They do not necessarily represent The views and opinions of the New Thought Media Network, Centers for Spiritual Living, Reverend Robert, Diego, my friend Pamela, her friend Judy, my roommate Jeff, or Winston, Diego's pet pig. And as they say in the 12-step recovery program, take what you like and leave the rest. And now back to our regular programming. So as I was taught in my ministerial training, My job is to comfort the afflicted and to afflict the comfortable. So, again, if anything comes up that's uncomfortable, especially when I mention the COVID-19 numbers or something in the news, again, those spiritual ouch points, those may be some things to take a look at. So we give you the opportunity to heal during this program. Our special guest, you will love him in the second half of our program from the International New Thought Alliance. We have on their president, Reverend Dr. Tim Stewart, who will share with us about INTA and also about the Ministry Development Conference that will be held next week. 
And again, thank you, Dr. Tim, for being on the show in such short notice. I thought I had another guest, but thank you for being on tonight. In the news, COVID-19 is still there from the CDC as of yesterday. Total number of cases, 27 million. 669,556, and that is up 69,165 new cases. That's just from yesterday. Cases in the last seven days, 541,698, and our total number of deaths, including my mother, Edamangus, 489,067 deaths. That is an increase of 2,601 from yesterday. So the good news is that the numbers are starting to trend downward, which is really good because, again, that also means that the hospitalizations are going down also. But I want us all to get this. We are still in the midst of the storm here. I'm not saying be afraid. I'm just saying be aware here and to know that there's a lot of things that we can do through our New Thought teaching to really get us through this time. Not just to be or to be surviving, but also to be able to thrive through this time. Again, my purpose in sharing the numbers is not to upset you, but again, just to make us aware here. So what you need to know from CNN here, the G7 countries pledged $4 billion today to global COVID-19 vaccine initiatives as they met virtually today. More than 1,500 cases of concerning coronavirus variants have been reported in the United States as reported by the CDC. And the rollout of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine will be slower than the U.S. federal health officials initially anticipated. CNN has learned today. From Maggie Fox over at CNN, she wrote this, U.S. cases, deaths, and hospitalizations from COVID-19 all drop modestly. From the article, it says that cases, hospitalizations, and deaths from the coronavirus are dropping modestly in the, in the United States. Dr. Rochelle Walensky, director of the U.S. Centers for D Disease Control and Prevention, said on Friday, We continue to see a five-week decline in COVID cases, with cases decreasing 69%. That's quite a bit here in the seven-day average since hitting a peak on January 11th. The current seven-day average of approximately 77,000 cases is the lowest reported since the end of October, but still is higher than the height of last summer. Walensky added, the latest data indicates that deaths have declined modestly to an average of approximately 2,700 per day. That's quite a drop from about a month ago. 
I was reporting an average of over 4,000 deaths a day. So the numbers are going in the right direction here. Also from the news lab studies suggest that uh, Pfizer and also Moderna's vaccines can protect against the coronavirus variants. And I won't read all of this, but it says a new report published in the New England Journal of Medicine on Wednesday suggests that the Pfizer biotech COVID-19 vaccine can protect people against concerning new coronavirus variants, including the one first seen in South Africa. Although we do not know exactly what level of neutralization <laughs> is required for the protection against COVID-19 disease or infection, our experience with other vaccines tells us that it is likely that the Pfizer vaccine offers relatively good protection against any kind of variant. Pfizer says that there is no evidence in real life that the variants escape the protection offered by the vaccine. Nevertheless, Pfizer and BioNTech are taking the necessary steps, making the right investments, and engaging in the appropriate conversation with regulators to be in a position to develop and seek authorization for an updated mRNA vaccine or booster once a strain that is significantly reduces the protection from the vaccine is identified, Pfizer said in a statement. So how many people have been vaccinated? Have you received your vaccine yet? More than 41 million people so far have received at least their first dose of a COVID-19 vaccine, according to the CDC data. While more than 16 million have been fully vaccinated with two doses. On Tuesday, President Joe Biden said 600 million COVID-19 vaccine doses would be available to the country by the end of July enough to vaccinate every single American. His promise echoes earlier announcements that the U.S. was on track to have enough vaccines for 300 million Americans by the end of July. Actually, vaccinating all those people will likely take a little longer, and that's per Dr. Fauci. He told CNN it may take an additional couple of months, actually, maybe towards the end of the summer to get everyone vaccinated. And work also continues to make vaccines available to younger patients. Additionally, companies say that they have plans to study the vaccine in children younger than five later this year. And also an ongoing trial for children 12 through 15 is fully enrolled. And the companies say the data could be submitted to authorities in the second quarter of 2021. So in my state of Ohio, Governor Mike DeWine has pushed teachers to the front of the line as far as the vaccines go in an attempt to get kids back to school by March 1st, at least in some type of hybrid model. So what can we do? Number one, let's follow the science. Wear a mask. Wear a double one. Make sure it's firm on your face. 
because that improves the efficiency of the mask. Number two, watch your distance. Number three, wash your hands. It's 20 seconds, okay? And number four, crack open a window and insist that others outside of your bubble wear a mask in your home. And for goodness sakes, please, study the science before deciding not to get the vaccine. As for me and my house here, we are planning to get the vaccine when it is our turn because the science has shown that it is safe and highly effective. And the other thing, too, is please be patient. <laughs> there were a lot of people who were upset today on the news that their appointments were canceled, and the reason being was because that they did not, because of the weather that we've had, that they have not been able to get the supplies to the health departments and also to the pharmacies distributing the vaccine. So how we will all get through this is by applying our wonderful teaching of new thought. We need to watch our thinking here. This whole idea of COVID burnout is real. We've been dealing with this now for about a year. But we will all get through this by guiding our thinking. Again, instead of thinking that you're trapped inside, think that you are keeping yourself and others safe inside. Find ways of taking care of yourself. Many individuals have used this time to deepen their spiritual practice or to add on spiritual practices. Instead of focusing on what you can't do, focus on what you can do, including take a walk outside. No one is preventing you from doing that. Working on household projects things that you have put on the to-do list, but again, never had the time to do, but now you do. Remembered that to socially distant does not mean to socially isolate. So again, please stay in contact with people in your community, also through phone calls, also through Zoom. Please check on the seasoned citizens of our groups here, people that you know, not only in your neighborhood, but also from your spiritual community, please know that there's light at the end of the tunnel. And for a while that we're still going to have to wear a mask. We don't know what normal is going to be like. We don't know. But things are getting better to the point that we will be able then to start gathering in groups again and hopefully going back to church real soon, because I really miss that. I mean, I really appreciate the technology that we have, but still, <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, it's not like being there in person. 
and pray with me the outcome. Let's know. And again, visualize again a world that does work for everyone, plus also then that we can somewhat go back to normal and hug people. And again, as I keep saying, please keep this seriously. Please take this seriously. We will all get through this. And I've been saying this since last March. But we will all get through this if, if we guide our thinking to the positive and we keep our thinking towards the God thoughts that we know that are within us to think. All right? Well, good evening, everyone. Welcome. You are tuned to the Friday Evening Fireside Chat here on the New Thought Media Network. I am Pastor Michael Mangus. In just a few moments, we'll be introducing the president of the International New Thought Alliance. That is Reverend Dr. Tim Stewart. He will be speaking about his wonderful organization and also about the Minister's Development Conference that will start next week online. And we'll give you more information on that in just a few moments. In other news here, the Senate last Saturday failed to convict former President Trump of the impeachment charges of instigating the insurrection at the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. The vote of 57 to 43 failed to garner the two-thirds majority needed to convict the former president. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell did vote to acquit Trump. However, he delivered a blistering address on the Senate floor afterwards that said that even though the evidence was overwhelming, the courts are the proper place now to punish the former president and not the Senate because he's out of office now. Radio talk show host Rush Limbaugh, who I've listened to for years, died of lung cancer this week at the age of 70. Also, Kristen Singer Carmen also passed away at age 65. Texas. No, Diego, all my exes don't live in Texas. <laughs> As the country and Western song goes. Texas has continued to deal with cold temperatures, pipes bursting in homes, and also energy difficulties. There's been a lot of blaming about who is responsible for what is happening now down in the great state of Texas. Governor Greg Abbott, a Republican, told Fox News host Sean Hannity that due to the weather, our wind and our solar got shut down and they were collectively more than 10% of our power grid, and that thrust Texas into a situation where it was lacking power on a statewide basis. Now, when CNN went ahead and fact-checked that, they found out that that's not the case, that it is incorrect to claim that the issues with wind and solar were directly or even primarily responsible were the state's power outages, additionally suggesting that Texas has forced the grid to rely in part on wind 
energy is simply misleading. They only use about 10% of wind and solar down there right now. But that was not responsible. What was responsible was that the freezing of machinery, the inability to go ahead and to process natural gas, which they rely upon a lot down there for their energy. Michael Weber, who's an energy resource professor at the University of Texas at Austin, told CNN, it's really a bigger failure of the natural gas system. That's the part that really struggled to keep up. And it goes on about the whole idea that Texas did not heed the warnings from other agencies to update their system. So we continue to know the truth about Texas. We continue to lovingly not only send prayer, but also that we send money down there. And there's many things that we can do, and I'll talk to you about that in a few moments. Now, I'm in the Center for Spiritual Leadership at Holmes Institute. What we saw last week is a textbook example on what not to do when you're in leadership. One of my Bible professors said, he said, there's two types of stories in the Bible. Do what these people do. Don't do what these people do. Don't do what Senator Ted Cruz did if you want to remain in leadership. This is from CNN also. It says, while Senator Ted Cruz was dealing with the fallout from his trip to Cancun, which supposedly his kids said, oh, Dad, let's go. You know, this is lousy here. Let's go. And they got on a plane and went down to Cancun. While the rest of the state was freezing, I don't know what would ever inspire a thought like that to leave during a disaster. But that's what he did. It says, while Senator Ted Cruz was dealing with the fallout of from his trip to Cancun, two of his Democratic political nemesis, that is Beta O'Rourke and also Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez raised money and offered resources to Texans hit hard by this week's storm. So do this instead in leadership, which means that you take charge. All right. Ocasio-Cortez, a Democratic congresswoman from New York, who has frequently sparred with Cruz, launched a fundraiser on Twitter and raised not one, but $2 million dollars that we know of so far. Meanwhile, O'Rourke, who unsuccessfully challenged Cruz in the Texas 2018 Senate race, he ran a virtual phone bank to contact senior citizens in Texas 
to connect with them with resources during the disaster. He said, big thanks to the volunteers who made over 784,000 phone calls to senior citizens in Texas today, just to check a phone call to see how they were doing. You helped to connect them with water, food, transportation, and shelter, and you made sure that they knew that we were thinking about them and that they mattered to us. I'm not mentioning this because of the political affiliations. I'm just mentioning this because, again, this is a really good lesson in leadership. <laughs> Stay with your people. Do what you can to help. After returning to Houston on Thursday afternoon, Cruz told reporters outside his home that it was obviously a mistake and that in hindsight, I wouldn't have done it. Hmm. With the sounds of nearby protesters audible, Cruz says he understands the anger that many Texans have felt towards his decision. Of course, I understand why people are upset. Listen, we're in a strange time where Twitter has been going crazy and the media is going crazy, and there's lots of venom, and I think that, unfortunately, frankly, on both sides. All right. I think that everyone ought to treat each other with respect and decency and try to understand each other more, particularly at a time of crisis. When you are in a position of leadership, lead. Stay with your people. I know that when I was, when COVID hit about this time last year, I could have came back to Akron, but I stayed with my people because I knew that somehow or another that that was a better place for me to be, to be able to do ministry. All right? Again, there's lots of things you can do for the people of Texas. Again, if you go on CNN, they'll give you all kinds of sites. The Red Cross has been helping extensively down there. And again, our prayers and support goes to our brothers and sisters in the great state of Texas. And again, thank you for watching this evening. This is the Friday Evening Fireside Chat here on the New Thought Media Network. In just a few moments, we'll have as our special guest, the president of the International New Thought Alliance, that's Reverend Dr. Tim Stewart, to talk about a wonderful organization that he leads, plus also to give you information about the Ministerial Development Conference that will be held next week online. I wanted to read the story because I think that it has a lot of lessons to teach us. I saw this on CBS News, and I've seen it before. but. This week, by looking on the news, this was a nice story to see again. It says, liberals and conservatives find common ground through conversation. It says, it's rare these days, from CBS News, for people on the opposite ends of the political spectrum to try to find common ground. But three years ago, 11 Kentucky conservatives rode a bus for 15 hours to meet a few Massachusetts liberals. 
Gwen Johnson, who was one of the members of the Kentucky group, said this. He said, we had folks within our community who said, you are crazy if you get on that van and go up there. Letcher County, Kentucky, it's coal country. It's Trump country. Leverett, Massachusetts, is cobalt blue on the political spectrum. Johnson said this, I was pretty darn suspicious. Paula Green, who said that she wanted to understand the voters who supported President Trump, organized Hands Across the Hills to bring together two rural communities to work through their differences. We try to help each other out because that is what Americans do, a participant from Kentucky said. They started their dialogue by sharing family stories. People were crying within an hour, crying because family stories have joy, and they also have a lot of sorrow. They eventually talked politics. People on both sides felt insulted, misunderstood, but the gun lovers and the tree huggers, they both survived. Johnson said this, there was much more to agree on than there was to disagree about, and we quickly established that. They visited each other three times and have since met by Zoom through the pandemic, not to change minds, but to open hearts. And if we can dive under the vote and get into who the person is, something very different emerges. The reason I bring this story up is because these are the kind of conversations that I would like to see us have within our New Thought Centers. I have received reports that there are many individuals who are conservative, who are not being included into the diversity and inclusion conversation. Our master teacher, Jesus, was extremely clear. He says, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. And as we talked about last week with Reverend Dr. Raymond, this is another elephant in the room that is not being discussed. Again, I've heard several reports from individuals across the nation here in the United States, being disrespected because of their political views. A conservative friend of mine who I talked to this week asked during a diversity seminar within CSL, if someone with a mega hat walked into your center, what would you do? That's a really good question. What would you do? These kind of conversations, like the one I just described, 
with the liberals and conservatives need to start happening within our own centers. Can we find common ground like the individuals in Kentucky and Massachusetts? I believe we can. Can we just love individuals just the way that they are? If they want to change, they will. They are in a philosophy that is constantly pushing them to change. We have a great opportunity here in the United States and in our New Thought Centers around the world to really be the leader in this, to really understand and love each other, no matter what their political persuasion is, no matter if, again, that someone came in with an offensive hat. Can we still love? I believe we can. And I'm really glad you're with us this evening here on the New Thought Media Network. I am Pastor Michael Mangus, and it is really good to have you aboard this evening. In just a few moments, we'll have on Reverend Dr. Tim Stewart, who will say some wonderful things about his organization, about the International New Thought Alliance. I'm going to keep the announcement short this evening because I know that Dr. Tim has a lot to say to us tonight. But yours truly is parking himself at Summit CSL, Summit Center for Spiritual Living. For more information, go to summitcsl.org. There you will find all kinds of information about our wonderful Sunday gathering online at 10.30 Eastern, 7.30 Pacific time. So grab your cup of coffee, your tea, your chai, your espresso, and come and join us. It's a really wonderful service. This Sunday, we will continue our February theme on love with our spiritual director, practitioner, Diana Mangus. Please go on summitcsl.org for more information on how to join the Zoom call. Our service is also simulcast on the Summit Spiritual Center of Akron Facebook page. And also our Facebook page also has past broadcasts of the Fireside Chat. The one thing that I would like everyone to consider is this. If you watch the show on a weekly basis, if you are really touched by the message, then please share the message on your Facebook page. That gets the word out better than anything that I know. So please share this on your Facebook page. That really helps us out. And if you don't know how to do that, just write me at PastorMichaelMangus at gmail.com, and I'll coach you through it. Currently, I am open to do individual practitioner sessions, also doing Sunday speaking, and also wonderful weddings. So again, if you'd like more information on that, please go to PastorMichaelMangus at gmail.com. Go ahead, write me an email, and I'll get you more information on that. Again, i like to talk to Dr. Tim here in just a few moments. Lots of things happening at New Thought Media Network here. So go on our website, ntmedia.org. The full schedule is up. Many wonderful things that we do during the week for your spiritual enrichment. And we're asking for your help. 
if you have been touched by anything that we do here, please consider contributing a generous amount so that we can continue taking these kind of programs, our daily prayer, our weekly uplift service, all the different programs that we have here on the New Thought Media Network, that we can continue taking them not only to people here in the United States, but around the world. Your gift here touches lives, not only here, but around the world. Please help us. You go on ntmedia.org, click on the Donate button. There, you will get more information. And again, thank you so very much. We really appreciate your donations. Again, you get the opportunity to give. And we'll send you some really nice stuff, mugs and T-shirts and all kinds of cool stuff. But see, you get the benefit of being able to change lives through this message. Thank you so very much. All right. It is my honor to present our special guest this evening. He is the president of the New Th of the International New Thought Alliance. And he has ties that crossed organizational lines. Before finding New Thought, he attended Lee University. We'll have to ask him about that. And also was a minister in a traditional church until a major change in his life brought him to discover the teachings of Dr. Ernest Holmes and also Thomas Troward. His path in New Thought includes 18 years in religious science, including seven years in a ministerial role. During this time, he also studied divine science and served on the board of the Divine Science Ministers Association as treasurer and later as the vice president. He served as the president of the Divine Science Federation International from 2014 until August of 2020. He is currently the head and the leader and the president of the International New Thought Alliance. It is my privilege and pleasure to introduce to you Dr. Tim Stewart. Hello, Dr. Tim. Welcome to the Fireside Chat. We're so glad that you're with us tonight. Thank you for having me. I have enjoyed it already. And uh, I'm just, uh, it's a good thing you had me on the side, so I couldn't butt in and comment. <laughs> well, you can comment all you want now. So, you know, if, if, if I ask a question and you want to comment, please, was there anything that you wanted to comment about about the news or? Well, there was there was one thing, and I actually okay. reached over and pulled up a quote from Dr. Holmes on something, because you made mention as you talked about all the numbers and the pandemic, and we realized what's happening. And I uh, did not realize that your mother had been one of the casualties. Uh, I think in a conversation you and I had, I may have mentioned that I lost my mother tragically several years ago. But one thing we know, in, if we really know our teaching, and that is, it's not that everything is going to be all right, but it is that everything is all right in the right here and in the right now. 
And a quote from, from Dr. Holmes from the Science of Mind textbook comes from page 185. He said, to daily meditate on the perfect life and to daily embody the great ideal is a royal road to freedom, to that peace which passeth understanding and is happiness to the soul of man. I won't go on with that because I don't want to turn this into a, a um, sermonette, but I truly believe that with our teaching, if we allow ourselves that time of meditation, when we are becoming more awakened to who we truly are, we find that place deep within us that no matter the tragedy, no matter the circumstances around us, we find that way to always be in peace, a peace that is so profound that nothing will ever disturb it. Nothing will ever disturb it. We may have those momentary times that something happens in life, but we are never bound by them. We go beyond them and we recover. And we know that because somewhere within us, that peace is always there. And even through this time, uh, Dr. Chima, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. We can end right here. <laughs> but no, I, I think that that, and again, I think that, you know, one of the things I really just shared with people is he, that's how we're going to get through this time. It's again, to tap into that inner peace that again, no matter what is going on outside, that somehow or another that we can use that time again to really to turn lemons into lemonade. And so that's what some of the things that I've been, talking about here during the fireside chat. So thank you. So give us a little bit of background. I was, again, I know that Lee University was very conservative. I did a ceremony for the baseball coach down there. Um, they wouldn't let him and his fiance live on campus unless they were married. So I had to get them married pretty quick before they went down there. But what shifted you from a traditional Christian minister to being involved in new thought? Well, um, like you, all my exes do not live in Texas. But, uh, <laughs> um, I went through a time in my life, there were, were many changes. I had been in traditional ministry, but that teaching, and if you know anything about Lee University, it was actually called Lee College when I attended, and now it's Lee University. But, um, uh, extremely strict. And it was very much that God of judgment and that God of condemnation. And as I taught that and I preached that type thing as a minister, there came a point that I realized I wasn't hearing the love of God that, that would be mentioned, but where was it being demonstrated? And so many of the things that uh, I had once so uh, pounded the pulpit and, and preached on Sunday morning no longer made sense to me. And I had to withdraw from that. Um, then I, two things that happened, one being that I met uh, this wonderful lady that is now uh, my wife. And she happened to have just started going to a religious science church. So I met her. Uh, I had gotten into um, some 
other things. And I had a booth at a conference where Wayne Dyer was a keynote speaker. So she came to hear Wayne Dyer and instead ended up with me. So uh, (laughs) what can I Ah, say? Well, that's wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. But um, when I found that, I recalled something that had been there that I believe is natural within each one of us. I believe it's innate. I believe that we are born with something within us that knows that connection to the divine, that knows that the very essence of who we are is that one. It's God. It's the very essence of our being. And yet, while we're so connected in the womb to our mothers, we're connected to the very source of our life. We're born, the cord is cut, and we are taught separation. And something in me clicked and allowed me to get away from that separation and remember that feeling I'd had as a child when somehow I identified that whatever I was to try to define me, I knew it was because God was somehow within me and expressing is what I am. So I believe that's that's very much it. But it was, um, you know, and when you go through a divorce, especially in those of you who may be familiar with Lee University, it was not just a traditional Christian. It is Pentecostalists. They don't handle snakes. They do talk in tongues and jump over pews. Church of God, correct? Church of God, that is correct. Yes. Okay. Yeah, you mentioned earlier in, in a conversation uh, Carlton Pearson, and, and uh, Carlton Pearson was a bishop in the uh, Church of God of Christ, Churches of God in Christ. And I, I spoke in many, many of those, and uh, their teachings were basically identical. Church of God in Christ was basically an organization of African-Americans. Um, you know, 10 o'clock on Sunday morning, for many, was still the most segregated hour of the, of the week, unfortunately. But so, the belief systems were the same, though. Belief systems were the same. Yeah. Belief systems were the same. And uh, but I became just to the point I could no longer accept some of the things that didn't show the love. And then as I um, awakened and I uh, I really had kind of an aha moment from uh, reading Troward of all people. <laughs> the reason the reason I asked that was because we had Bishop Pearson come to our center here in Akron, and one of the things that people did not understand is here he was a very successful man of God, you know, had a 4,000 member church in Tulsa. And I mean, he had the world mm-hmm. and he got convicted of something and he went ahead and changed his whole beliefs. And so my people in Akron, they said, well, he never told that part of the story. So that's the reason I, I had you do that this evening is because I think, and I undergo, I underwent some, something similar to what, you know, I was in a, uh, very, uh, I was in the Catholic Pentecostal movement, and then there was some things that happened, and then I started to get interested in new thoughts. So, uh, for those of that do not know anything about the International New Thought Alliance, if you could give us please a brief history and explain about the mission and purpose of the organization. Well, we are a 106 year old organization. Um, roots go back. 1899, uh, the metaphysical society that started in in the New England area, went international in 1914, I believe I'm correct, 
um, in London, England, and, and Thomas Troward became the first president. Uh, several things were forerunners, and one that I like to point out, very few people are aware of it, but uh, uh, since I am also ordained in divine science, uh, Melinda Kramer, the founder of divine science, started an organization called the International Divine Science Association. And when they would come together, because she actually had a, um, uh, well, Nona Brooks later came in and became part of divine science. And Nona probably the, Nona probably better known than Melinda, actually. But she started divine science in Denver. And her sister was married to Charles Fillmore's business partner. <laughs> Coincidence, huh? Coincidence, <laughs> And all of these different people, they came together under the banner of the International Divine Science Association. And that is how they came together and uh, encouraged each other and had those times of sharing and uplifting and encouragement as a larger group. So, uh, but we've started, we've grown many different people from uh, Raymond Charles Barker was our, our president at one point in time. Um, and we're really now in a, in a place of making so many changes because our world is changing. So um, I'll let you ask some other questions and it'll come up in that. Well, good. So uh, again, uh, as I told you before, I've attended more INTA events than I have CSL and I've always have gotten just so much out of them. So explain the different conferences and the different things that you offer in INTA for ministers and ministries across the world. Okay. Excuse me. Now, one of the things I started to say that uh, uh, a moment ago is you know, INTA is all about the spiritual development, as I call it, the spiritual awakening, both of the individual and of all humanity. Now, we do that several ways. One of the things is we do have our conferences. We have a ministerial conference. Um, next week. Fast before, <laughs> pardon? I said your ministerial conference next week. That That's next week, actually. <laughs> it's one week from today. Is the opening day of it, and then it's one week from tomorrow. It'll, it'll be a two-day event. We used to do that live in churches. This year, we've changed it a little bit, and it is open to ministers, licensed practitioners, uh, licensed unity teachers, or anyone who might be in a position of leadership in a new thought spiritual community. And the focus is going to be, on the first day, is about self-care. And you know, I I have so much respect. I have two of my, my very dear friends, both happen to be unity ministers, and they have their day off. And on their day off, unless it's an absolute emergency, they don't get a phone call. They don't take anything. If, you know, if they don't have a church member who's about to draw their last breath, that is their day for them. They have their vacation times, their weekend. So, a little bit about taking care of self because pastoral or ministerial burnout is a real thing. So we have an entire day dedicated to uh, self-care. And then the second day is dedicated to making a difference. And 
anyone and everyone who's in ministry. I mean, you're if you're not in ministry because you want to make a difference in people's lives and in the world, uh, I suggest maybe you examine why you're doing it. So we want to make a difference. Absolutely. Uh, we have one gentleman, Reverend Michael Stamper, who um, actually is a, a Zen Buddhist, I believe. And I'd have to go back and look at his bio again. So you wouldn't classify him necessarily as new thought, but he does a wonderful thing with prison ministry. And because I know how much time we have left, I can't uh, go into it. But I remember several years ago at a CSL church when a gentleman walked in and uh, wanted to, he took the uh, membership class that I was teaching. And then he came to me and talked to me and he'd just gotten out of prison after serving 13 years. And one of the first things I did is I made sure he had a copy of the Science of Mind textbook. And I began talking to him. And you know, when he was tempted to go back to old ways because people wouldn't give him a job, we treated today. He has a job, doesn't live far from me. He has a $300,000 home, a wife and kids, and is a, is a productive member of society. That's something you don't see a lot in New Thought. We, we don't see a lot of people reaching out to those and making a difference. So, um, and it's a lot more than just him. I happen to mention him, but a whole day about making a difference is also the second day of that conference. So, again, if you'd like more information on this, I know we're also running out of time, too. If you go to newthoughtevents.org, newthoughtevents.org. Now, INTA is not charging a fee for this however they are going to request a uh, a loving donation but i'm going to tell you something here from past experience the quality of these conferences will change your life if you're in ministry take off next friday and next saturday for your self-care and also to make a difference go to the event it is absolutely wonderful again i've been to more inta events and i have CSM. I'm telling you, they are all excellent. So, so uh, we're almost out of time here, Dr. Tim. We'll have to have you back. But how can I said how to register for the event? But how can people find out more about INTA? Uh, you can also go to NewThoughtAlliance.org. It will tell you a little bit more about us. And um, I, I will say one other thing: the um, the conference, as you said, there is no charge for it, but you do have an opportunity to give because, you know, it is all about reciprocity. And so, therefore, if it is blessing you and touching you, remember that. We give you that opportunity, but uh, we, we're knowing that it is something that will be life-changing. So, newthoughtevents.org for that event, newthoughtalliance.org or anything else you want to know about the organization. They uh, they have church memberships. They have individual memberships. Again, it's the umbrella organization for all the major New Thought uh, denominations. And again, they've done extremely wonderful work, again, over the years, not only with ministers, but also in the whole world. So, Dr. Tim Stewart, thank you for being on our program this evening on such short notice. We're going to have to have you back again, and we can talk more about the wonderful organization and about your wonderful ministry also. That's right. Or give you a two-hour show. 
<laughs> uh, if could you do me a favor and talk to Reverend Robert about that? I would really appreciate that. <laughs> Dr. Tim Stewart, thank you for being on the program this evening. Yes, please go to newthoughtevents.org if you'd like more information about uh, the Minister's Conference. Again, if you are in active ministry or you are highly involved in your ministry at your center, please go to this. Again, it's all online. Again, there is no cost going in. However, they will, they're asking for a very generous donation. It is my time to go here. Just want to remind you again of to go on ntmedia.org uh, for more information about our great network. Again, please push that donate button because that really helps us. I just put a bill on Robert's desk this week. <laughs> so it needs to be paid. So help us out because by helping us out, you bless the whole world. Again, until next week, Pastor Michael Mangus saying have a great one and we will see you next time. Thanks for joining us this evening for Friday's Fireside Chat with Pastor Michael Mangus. Join us again next week at 8 Eastern, 6 Mountain for more spiritual conversations for today. For more information and replays of past shows, please visit the New Thought Radio and Media Network's Facebook page. Until next week, may God bless you richly and abundantly.